You know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. That's why I partnered with Fullscript, an online dispensing platform that only offers curated professional-grade brands that I know and trust. The very same supplements that I prescribe to my patients and take myself. Never counterfeit or expired, always stored and shipped correctly. Just go to DearHoffmanStore.com to start your free Fullscript account. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site. It's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant and offers world-class support. Fullscript also gives you access to my custom targeted supplement protocols that combine the products that I recommend to address specific needs, heart health, immune support, and much more. Just go to DearHoppinStore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll get access to the supplements and features you need to help you achieve your wellness goals. That's DearHoffmanStore.com. DearHoffmanStore.com. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our Q&A with Layla, which we offer up each week in answer to your questions and your comments. We welcome them at questions at drhoffman.net. And so we have a question about detox. Could you read yes. that question again? Uh, from Dennis, on several occasions I've heard you mention the importance of keeping our detoxification pathways healthy. Could you speak more about what those pathways are and how to keep them functioning at their best? Okay. Yes. Well, it's a complicated subject, and in fact, it it's, a, it's a major subject in what's called functional medicine. It is. Which attributes many diseases to the excess toxicity of the mm -hmm. environment or internally generated toxicity. Right. And so, how does the body get rid of toxicity? Well, you know, I'm not going to give you an academic treatise on it, but basically, it's through the liver, mm -hmm. also through the intestine, also yes. through sweating. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And urination, yeah. yeah, and uh, there are pathways that the body uses to transform toxic substances into more benign substances for elimination. Yes, and many of them reside in the liver. Mm -hmm. And so we know, for example, that when people have uh, liver injury or uh, a fatty liver, fatty liver, or alcoholic liver disease. Yes. Uh, or there are multiple medications that affect their liver, that they don't detoxify very well. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so, and this may apply to things generated internally, like estrogen, for example. So, True. So women, just, just to give a quick example, women yeah. who drink a lot of alcohol, yeah. they have more breast cancer. Why? Yes. Because their estrogen builds up because it competes with the alcohol in the liver for detoxification. Right. And the estrogen, which is supposedly supposed to be eliminated from the body, it builds up. Yes. Yeah. So even the endogenous, the body made toxicants. It's not just the outside exposure, pollution, processed food, all of that. But just the byproducts of metabolism can be a little toxic depending on how you're mm -hmm. eating and all of that. And that, the liver, there are two phases, phase one and phase two. The intermediary products between phase one and phase two are often a little more toxic before they go on to there's a science to how exactly to, do that. Yeah. to how all of that is done and then excreted. So you want to make sure that your detox pathways are working well. You need great nutrition. You need all of your micronutrients, as, uh, your vitamins and your minerals. But you also need the amino acids mm -hmm. and the essential amino Especially acids. Especially taurine is a good one. Yes, for that, yeah. yes. 
And so it's important to have a very, very well-balanced diet to support that. Even even having adequate bowel movements, you know, is yes. associated with that because it uh, helps with the circulation That's of your bile. That's detox. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so there are many elements of detox. Right. Uh, and, you know, it's not just a matter of taking uh, like a fiber thing with Senna. You know? Exactly. Yeah. It's not just about taking a laxative. Right. Or doing a juice cleanse for three days. You're, Juice is just sugar. It's not a proper mm-hmm. detox. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will undertake a detoxification protocol, not just after the new year and after all those holidays where we tend to overindulge, but they may do this a couple of times a year. They may do, again, a, a detox around springtime for a little mm-hmm. spring cleaning. Mm-hmm. They may do it again at the end Certain of summer. Certain religions even incorporate that, you yeah. know, like Ramadan and things like that. I don't right, know. right. Fasting is a part of right, detoxification. Right. The body really amps up its healing potential and the, and the French, during a fast. The French have an expression, crise de foie, a crisis of the liver, mm-hmm. which means that they, you know, they, 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 you know, eat and drink and smoke well was, and then they go to a spa yeah. to recuperate. To recuperate all of To take... The baths and take yeah. the take the waters, the Vichy water, you know, all uh-huh. that kind of stuff, right? Uh-huh. So anyway, it, that's that's yeah. a little like an eating disorder behavior, right? <laughs> you know, right. It's, it's like binge and fast, binge, binge and fast, binge and but, go you do know, that. So detoxification is actually it. It's really a part of traditional medicine. I think it's been ignored in conventional medicine. It conventional medicine doesn't really have a place for detoxification. No, conventional medicine will insist that. Your liver does all the detox it needs to do. There's nothing for you to do. Well, except there's a lot it, for except you. Except when it shuts down. Exactly. Right. Then you get a transplant. Or when, it, when you don't have the proper vitamins and minerals for right. it to do that or the mm-hmm. proper nutritional right. support to do that. And if you're taking an array of medications, that's an extra burden on your liver right. to detox all Even of that. Even the microbiome has something to do with detox. And I'll tell you what, True. the very first example I had of that is that uh, when I worked at the VA hospital, uh, there were a lot of alcoholics. Mm-hmm. A lot of, you know, vets are depressed and lonely and whatever, bad yeah. habits, drink a lot, especially here in New York. Uh, so we would take care of a lot of alcoholics, and some of them had alcoholic cirrhosis, which means their livers were damaged beyond repair. Yeah. And they had what was called alcoholic encephalopathy, which means yeah. they had, like, mental effects of toxins, toxins. produced in the gastrointestinal tract. Right, because the liver's not, not working. not detoxified by the liver. Yeah. Okay. So what did we do for them? We gave them lactulose huh. and an antibiotic. And that. the antibiotic killed off the bad bugs. Mm-hmm. And the lactulose made them poop it out yeah. faster. And they would go. They would also have this flapping behavior called asterixis, which mm. is like a trem- tremulous. It's very characteristic of alcoholics who are decompensating and suffering from encephalopathy, which is brain toxicity. Wow. And you'd get them out of trouble with those two things. Get them to have a laxative and give them an antibiotic, an antibiotic to kill off the bad bugs. Yeah. So that illustrates the power of the gut to cause toxicity in the body. Yeah. Then there are the things like glutathione, which is, helps with conjugation of toxins and so mm-hmm. on and so on and so on. You know, mm-hmm. so there's a lot to this. A yeah. lot to this. Um you know, there's DIM is a detoxifying thing. Diendolmethane is detoxifying. Right. Sulforaphane is detoxifying. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and other things good for the liver, maybe alpha lipoic acid, phosphatidylcholine, sure. yes. schizandra yes. is another. 
uh, milk thistle. Milk thistle, big time. Yeah. Right, right. And there's even some uh, work being done with NT factor on detoxifying mm. uh, people who've been exposed to chemicals. Wow. So that, uh, you know, there's a lot of possibilities here. There's a lot of. So, you know, this is really, like you say, it could be a semester course. It could be. And, totally. I mean, in, in a functional medicine, you could do a, a functional medicine, at least uh, an entire, uh, you know, weekend seminar on this with many mm-hmm. great lecturers and mm-hmm. whole books and chapters of books on the subject. Right. Right. Deep. It's deep. Yeah. Dennis, thank you for that very thoughtful question. All right. This comes from Dan. Dr. Hoffman, what are the best supplements for atrial fibrillation? Well, atrial, in my opinion, atrial fibrillation is not necessarily fixable with supplements. Although I recently we had a patient who had atrial fibrillation, but he this is how he got it. He took a medication that lowered his potassium. Oh. And so it was found that this he was very sensitive to this medication. It was a diuretic. And so he's put on a what's called a potassium sparing diuretic. Yeah. And he also takes a lot of magnesium, mm-hmm. which you know diuretics also uh, deplete magnesium. Deplete. So he says, I said, wow, you know, you had atrial fibrillation, now you don't have it? He goes, yeah, they fixed it. Like, what, are you on medication for it? He goes, no, they just changed my diuretic to change, avoid the potassium deficiency, and and he takes magnesium. He takes a lot of magnesium, this guy. I don't know if you remember him from last week. Okay. Uh, But he takes a lot of magnesium. And uh, so he's loaded to bear, you know, with magnesium. Mm -hmm. And... um, so we could talk about things that cause AFib in, in the setting of what lowers potassium. Alcoholism can yep. be one thing. Yep. It is said that AFib Diarrhea can, be, can be fixed by lifestyle. People who aren't eating the right way or they're drinking too much or too much happy hour can send them into a little bit of AFib. What we used to call it holiday heart. Holiday heart. We noticed that we would dread being on call on July 4th or July 5th. Or, Some holiday weekend you know, or thing, Christmas. Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, you know, because... Yeah. Because, you know, we, being Jewish, we were always on call on Christmas. And then all these guys would come in, they'd be for Christmas parties and New Year's parties. And they would be, you know, having a first onset or, you know, recurrence of atrial fibrillation or Mm. atrial flutter because of the alcohol. Yeah. So uh, this, uh, yeah. So, but in terms of if you have atrial fibrillation, I urge you to take your blood thinner because... Uh, a lot of people say, well, what can I thin my blood with instead of the, you know, Pradaxa or the Coumadin or whatever now is being prescribed? Eloquis. Eloquis. Um, and the answer is, <laughs> well, you can take a lot of fish oil or you can take high-dose vitamin E or, you know, all these things, but they're not as reliable. And you get a stroke, that can be uh, life-threatening or, you know, debilitating. The permanent, permanent disability, you yeah. know, so... You don't want to entrust it to a supplement that might be a little bit weak, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And then, you know, is there some magic to taking lots of magnesium once you you have atrial fibrillation to go back and do? You can. You can try it. I, I would use magnesium torate. Yes. Uh, and fairly high doses because I found that some people say, well, I took one or two and it really didn't work. You no, more take than that. four, six, eight. Yeah. And then you might get somewhere. Yeah. Uh, so you're but, talking up to maybe 1,500 milligrams or so. Yeah, which is safe unless you have kidney disease. Kidney disease. Mm-hmm. You know, good, then your body doesn't excrete magnesium that right, way. Right, right. But, you know, I just would suggest um, 
um, some humbleness to the premise that maybe you do need to control your atrial fibrillation right. medication. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dan, thank you for that question. Oh, we've got a great question from Eunice. Uh, two questions, actually, about cholesterol. Can supplements make up for the problems caused by statins? And can you be healthy if your cholesterol numbers are dropped by medicine to such low levels? This is a really important area. So, first of all, you know, let's talk about the... It depends on what problems you're talking about. If you're talking about the aches and pains that people experience... Um, it comes from the depletion of CoQ10. Not just that, though, because mm. uh, there, studies have actually shown that repleting CoQ10, even high doses of CoQ10, don't completely get rid of that. Oh, wow. So it occurs in about 5% of people who take statins. Mm -hmm. But there's some people who take enormous levels of statins. They have no problems. And, in fact, mm -hmm. we uh, we see this in... I have a, a patient who's in his 70s, and he's, a, he's like a master's athlete. And I said, you know... You have a very high plaque score. Uh, your cholesterol is very high. I think we should really consider statins. So we put him on statins. He said, you will know, because you monitor your performance. You know what your time is for a mile. Yeah. Or when you go on a, you know, 50-mile bike ride, you know, how, how quickly you complete it. Uh, he's a champion, this guy. Uh, and so we started, and he had no decline in performance whatsoever mm -hmm. with the statin. So we're, you know, going to go up slowly. Um, but some people do have that. And coenzyme Q10 is a good idea, but i got to say that the studies are disappointing on whether CoQ10 can ameliorate that. Okay. Uh, if you're going to have it, you, it's, you may have it, I was going to use the word, irregardless. Irreg <laughs> which, which is regardless, <laughs> right? Right. right. <laughs> irrespective. Irrespective. Yeah. Uh, irrespective uh, of that. But, right. uh, you, you know, it, it's... Um, that that's a that's one problem, but right. the other problem is, is this problem of like, well, is it bad to reduce cholesterol to like they're talking now of reducing LDL to thirty or less? That would mean taking your cholesterol to double digits usually, you know, with high dose statins and PCSK nine inhibitors, and or uh, you know some of the other cholesterol drugs that they now have yeah. available. So that is. An ongoing argument. Now, cholesterol, we need to remind everyone, is a substrate for many of our hormones. Yep. So when we're, when we're going to lower the substrate that much, maybe we're not going to make as much vitamin D in our skin because in our skin we have 7-dehydrocholesterol under the skin. So maybe we're going to make less vitamin right. D. Maybe we're going to make less testosterone and other sex hormones when our, when our, when our cholesterol is that low. And we also have to remember that a cholesterol that's too low is still a risk factor for cancer. How do we reconcile well, it, all this? It's not, it's not so much a risk factor for cancer. It's associated with cancer. Okay. So we can't say that uh, we have... So they've done studies yeah. where they look at people who are on statins, and they don't necessarily see a higher risk of cancer. At one point, they thought maybe statins would protect cancer. Wouldn't it be great? They lower heart disease and they lower cancer. Well, they don't really lower the risk of cancer, probably, but they don't really raise it. Yeah. So that's, you know, when it comes to the hormones, yeah, I think that's real. When it comes to uh, vitamin D, I think they may really hike your requirements for vitamin D. Sure. But that's fixable. Yeah. So then, you know, you can do that. Uh, this is what I'm looking at carefully. So I'm looking at studies 
that look at people uh, who are on statins. Uh, there are also some studies that look at people who genetically have very low cholesterol due to a PCSK9 inhibition. Mm-hmm. That's ne- they just have no PCSK9 enzyme. That's called what a Mendelian randomization, which is a technical term for studying people who are not on medication who have a genetic glitch that mimics being on the medication. Ah. So you're not going to get like a healthy user thing because sometimes it's like, oh, women who take, uh, uh, you know, HRT are healthier. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe they're the women who are more proactive. They're healthier and they go to the doctor. They, they seek out treatments. They're healthy and all that. You know, so let's stipulate that these people, <clears throat> you know, are not like healthy users. They yeah. just are born that way. Yeah. You know, like the Lady Gaga song, born that way. Yeah. You know that song? Yeah. Okay. So mm. uh, what they find is that they, they're not intellectually impaired. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it's kind of counterintuitive because the brain's made of a lot of cholesterol. Exactly. But the thought is that these medications may act in the circulation more so than in the tissue. That would okay. be good because cholesterol is also a component of all of our cell membranes. Exactly. How do we reconcile Exactly. That? Exactly. So uh, we're I depleting mean, an important substance. Yeah. It's, and, it, and it's an unnatural invention. Yeah. And I think that we need to keep our eye on the ball because I'm more concerned. I know that for some people who are high risk of heart disease, that lowering cholesterol or using these drugs is going to help them avert heart disease and possibly stroke. Mm-hmm. But will they succumb to other diseases? At the end of the game, will they have increased mortality or will they just die at the same rate anyway, meaning none of the things catch up and kill them, you know, or caused by the cholesterol? Right. I, I, some of the signals are pretty good on some of these cholesterol-lowering drugs, which makes me less reluctant to see people on them. Uh, I cannot say that I'm seeing studies that are making that these drugs are making people drop like flies prematurely. Okay. I'm looking at this. Yeah. I'd be yeah. happy to see that in mm-hmm. some ways because I'm sure. a, my bias is towards natural intervention. Sure. But I got to say that I'm I'm not seeing it. And oh, you know, is it because uh, there's a lot of bias in these studies? You might say, well, yeah, those studies are drug company studies. There is a lot of bias in those studies. They right. really try to create the best case scenario for their for their things. But there's enough studies now that are independent of drug companies that I think um, validate the safety for the most part. Mm-hmm. Oh, and here's another thing: mm. uh, concern on the brain. Yeah, you know, brain's made of cholesterol, right? You deplete cholesterol, you're going to have less brain. Right. People well, have reported amnesia from taking. That is the case. Yeah. But on average. It neither has a negative nor a positive effect on the brain, according to long-term studies. And why that is, is that some people have brain problems because of circulatory problems that are cholesterol-related, and other people don't. So I think there's a washout there. I think that it may have a slightly adverse cognitive effect uh, because it's depriving the brain of cholesterol, but I also think that there may be, for some people at least, a beneficial effect because it's helping brain circulation. Mm. Which is another aspect of this. Interesting. So you're going to ask, okay. how do you? Well, you know, how do you? Uh, how do you reverse this this bad effect of cholesterol? It's it's ca- how 
Can you be healthy if your cholesterol numbers are dropped by medicine to such low levels? That and that's I yeah. think a, a question we're going to have to keep an eye an eye on for the yeah. next uh, you know for for a generation of people because we need to see the long term effects. Yes, yeah. but right? but I'm 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 not in panic mode and I'm not in that uh, you know never use cholesterol lowering drugs no crowd no of which there are people oh sure sure and sure. I've interviewed some of them yeah yeah. I mean, there has to be something you do if somebody does have a moderate uh, coronary calcium score. Well, yeah, if somebody has like a high coronary calcium score and they have a sky-high cholesterol, um, I don't know, I yeah. just talked to somebody like that, you know. Exactly. And uh, the studies are not that robust on cholesterol protection for women over a certain age. Yeah. Uh, especially those who have a high right. HDL cholesterol. Mm-hmm. And but, low triglycerides. Right. Or athletic and otherwise, yeah. you know, not diabetic and And, and low insulin. Those are the three criteria. Uh, high HDL, low triglycerides, low insulin and, for a long, healthy life. And low inflammation. And low inflammation. Right. Would you look at well, the when you've got that, yeah. When you've got that, yeah. it's almost going to equal low inflammation because your triglycerides are low enough. Your insulin is low enough. That will propagate inflammation if it's high right. as well. So they talk about the dark triad of personality, which is narcissism, uh, aggressiveness, uh-huh. and psycho- psychopathy. I think it's like yeah. So much. And so that the dark triad or tetrad for cardiovascular disease and, and early death is, you know, we're going to talk LPA, we're going to talk about ApoB, we're going to talk about LDL, LDL yes. particle size, we're going to talk about maybe homocysteine and HSCRP, mm-hmm. you know, so. Okay. Yeah. Interesting stuff. That's, Eunice, thank you for that. And and hemoglobin A1C. And hemoglobin so, A1C, yeah. yes. And yes. then, you know, there's like mm-hmm. your, you know, body habitus, your metabolism, uh, your activity level. Your level of stress. I mean, hey, let's this—that's real. All of that. That's real. Are you lonely? Are you socially isolated? Are you, are you gnashing your teeth? Are you exactly listening to too much cable news these days? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we need to turn off the news, everybody. Like randomized control trial of like, let's take uh, two groups of individuals and we'll like ban them from listening to uh, to uh, uh, cable news. Mm-hmm. Uh, for 20 years, and then we'll have another one who's nonstop, more, you know, from the time you wake yeah. until the time you go to sleep, and we'll see. I would exactly. Like, let's do the control trial. Let's do the control. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> True. Just measuring the levels of cortisol would be interesting. <coughs> okay. We have a question from Kathy. This may be the last question. Okay. My husband, he's 65 year old male and otherwise good health, was diagnosed with costochondritis about three years ago. It hasn't self-resolved. It's like something to cause chest pain. Yeah. 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 Which is a, actually, if you can have chest pain, it's bothersome, but it's the least ominous type. Right. It's not your heart. It's, it's not your heart. It's not your heart burn from your esophagus like yeah. you're going to have like uh, esophageal cancer. Mm-hmm. It's like it's in your rib cage, okay? Yeah. And it's usually characterized by when you press on your chest, you feel it. All right. He feels it every time he exercises, especially when running and swimming. Mm-hmm. What would you recommend? I might recommend like a topical NSAID, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, uh, Voltaren cream. Like, oh, what about and, Arnica? 
Arnica, maybe, but also uh, what's kind of taken its place is CBD cream. You know, oh like yeah, for, you know, some it's just rubbing that in that might be good. Okay, but yeah, that's nasty. Uh, is know, it supposed to self-resolve costochondritis? I not always, but sometimes mm. does. But then I would also consider natural things like you know consider uh, a product called Ache Action, which is a little bit of aspirin, willow, bromelain, not willow aspirin, bark. It's, it's white willow bark, bromelain. Yes, uh, and magnesium, I think. Yeah, those or boswellian. Boswellian, I believe. Boswellian, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that would be maybe a like a less because I don't want to give him. You know, I'm thinking of what happens when I take an NSAID. I instantly get chest pain because I get heartburn. Oh, wow! I cannot take. I'm unusual in that I can't take one uh, I, uh, Motrin or ibuprofen or a lead. Wow! I get I get nish, immediately. I get chest pressure. And it's heartburn. Mm. And I, I don't ordinarily get heartburn. Yeah. I mean, I can eat like uh, like a, a like a spicy chili dog yeah. at, at a and baseball no problem. game. No you don't, problem. You don't need to pop a Pepsi. But if I take one Motrin, so that's why the, t- the typical treatment for costochondritis is non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. Yeah. But, in, I mean, they can cause heartburn. They can cause stomach ulcers. Exactly, yeah. So, but I mean, if, if you have to and you tolerate them, fine. I mean, not, this is, shows you how different people are. Mm-hmm. Um, I have that sensitivity for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Kathy, we hope your husband feels better. Okay, okay. that's all the time that we have for today. I just want to remind you about our campaigns. We have an SOS campaign uh, that involves uh, going to drhoffman.com. Com slash A-N-H. I'm looking it up here, drhoffman.com slash A-N-H, to learn how you can take action and donate to the Alliance for Natural Health because uh, they're on the lookout for safeguarding our access to supplements. Uh, I will match your contributions up to a total of $5,000. That's my pledge. Terrific. So let's see if we can get some audience participation. And also uh, you can find our Intelligent Medicine Special Report uh, at... Uh, drhoffman.com. Just go to the read drop-down menu and then click Immunity Reset. It's free. And you can pandemic-proof your body and build resilience for a long, healthy life. That's the pitch. Also, go to Fullscript to find out about supplements. That is at drhoffmanstore.com. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Layla. Thanks, Dr. Hoffman. Thanks, everybody. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Questions come to questions at drhoffman.net. Let's get some more in our mailbox for next week. See you later. This is Layla Mudin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212 212- Seven seven nine one seven four four. That's two one two seven seven nine one seven four four. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.